place anyway. Hi, Hi Patrick, how are you? Oh, nice to meet you. Good, you too. It's a lovely day, isn't it? Yeah. That's glorious. That's yeah. a beautiful part of the world. It's a warm summer's day in August, and I've just driven from Dublin city centre south towards the Dublin mountains to meet sheep farmer Owen Kyo. So we're in Rathfarnham in the Dublin mountains. So we are, I suppose, a handful of farmers that are still left in South County Dublin, particularly in this valley. It's beyond Marley Park or Dundrum sort of area, so you get quite a good view of the city if you go further up. But we don't have too much time to enjoy the views. There is a flock of hungry sheep staring at us, waiting to be fed. Sheep generally wouldn't be too uh, friendly. They'd be kind of cautious of humans in the majority of times, but... uh, bag of feed hopefully will entice them over to us to, uh, to say hello. Okay. It's a busy job, but it's not the only one he does. Owen Kyo is also Musgrave Group's Head of Sustainability. So I'm with Musgrave in this role about a year and a half now. The impact for us is in the products that we're selling consumers and the people in the country who will have the most positive impact on those products are farmers. Growing up on a farm helps to have maybe that understanding of some of the challenges and maybe some of the ways of tackling it from a food industry perspective. Welcome to Growing Good Business, a podcast series by Musgrave. My name is Patrick Hawhey, and in this series, we go behind the scenes of this iconic 147-year-old family business, which supports over 41,000 jobs and feeds one in three people on the island of Ireland. On this episode, we learn how Musgrave is growing sustainably every day and making a more positive impact through how products are sourced and transported, how food is packaged, how stores are designed and operated, and the many other ways in which greater sustainability can be achieved. We will hear more from Owen Kyo, and I will also be meeting Michelle Fennell, Head of Insights and Strategy. Protecting our planet, we really see this becoming the number one issue for the next decade and beyond for consumers and also for our business customers. Issues like food waste, plastics, packaging, but also their understanding and their concern for some of the more sophisticated topics like biodiversity is growing. Luke Hanlon, Chief Supply Chain Officer. And we know from measuring it that that in effect takes 15 million kilometres off of Irish roads every year by using our fleet both ways. And Noel Keeley, Musgrave Group CEO. There's a duty on the industry and on government to do what we need to do to solve this problem because we're going to have to move together. We're going to have to accept that the status quo isn't acceptable. So we're going to head back to the Dublin mountains where Owen Kyo is giving me a tour of his family farm. When you grow up on a farm like this, every member of the family is expected to pitch in, rain, hail or shine. I asked Owen if he always enjoyed this kind of work when he was young, or was it sometimes a bit of a chore? Yeah, there would have been there would have been that, but it would have been rather than being dragged out of bed, it would have been the opposite. It would have been probably quite upset if I had been left behind. Really, sort of thing. Um, you loved it. Yeah, like it's, uh, I think anybody who anybody who does it full time or part time, they're they're not doing it. Um, for any old reason they're doing it because they probably really enjoy it so that's I think that's always been the case for me and my my brothers and even my sisters as well um getting involved in my kind of upbringing or going to school like I went to school in the city we're only uh, eight and a half miles from the GPO here so I went to school not in the city but in the suburbs so um 
I would have been quite an outlier in school going home to work on the farm or whatever compared to people who may never have stepped foot in the farm themselves. So, Obviously sustainability has always been around um, by its very nature but when did it become a thing? Like when did sustainability become something that businesses started to talk about, the boardroom started to discuss? Yeah, I th- it depends on the organisation itself. You have the likes of um, Unilever is often used as, as an example uh, as an organisation that's been very, very progressive and they've been looking at agriculture or sustainability in general but also agricultural sustainability for 20 30 years and if i think of musgrave musgrave i think first produced a sustainability report or an environmental report back in 2002 so it's been working away in the background for a number of years under different guises but that definition of sustainability has been pretty prevalent since about 2010 2012 in industry and then if i think about the irish food industry in particular, the Origin Green program started and was established in 2012. So I think, from a food industry perspective, that's that was nearly the the starting point for Irish food from a sustainability perspective. So looking at where we are now and the next seven years to 2030, if we look at the consumer expectations, uh, some of the environmental challenges we have, and as well increasingly compliance to EU legislation it's becoming much higher uh, a topic on at a board level in the boardroom um, so if you take the compliance aspect as a, as a baseline let's say the corporate sustainability reporting directive is elevating sustainability to the same level of importance as kind of financial accounting in an organization so it's it's really driving things on. If we were in the boardroom now and I asked you to sort of define sustainability and talk to me about it, you'd, you'd probably talk about scope one, two and three and the UN SDGs and, and all of this. But standing here on your farm on a sunny day looking out over Dublin and the sheep who are having a nice feed at the moment, what would you describe as sustainability standing here? Yeah, so for, for me, sustainability is trying to ensure that we're living in a way where we can meet our needs as in our generation but we're also setting future generations up to meet their own needs um, and obviously there's a, a broad spectrum of tro- topics that fit under that so you have climate change but you also have biodiversity uh, and that's something we'd be kind of quite proud of here um, as I said the, the farm is split 50-50 between forestry and grassland but we'd be also in the area that is grassland, we'd have like we have a river running through, uh, where we've a good degree of trees planted around the river. We planted another 300 meters of hedgerow there recently, just in the two fields over there, uh, to just basically create another habitat on the farm. So it's something that we'd be focused on. So there's yes, the output of the farm itself, but there's also the farm as a resource for the rest of the animals, insects, and biodiversity at large that live in this area um, so there's there's various different aspects and I think there's also the kind of social side to it as well so there's the, the community aspect of it so I think farming as a way of life in Ireland is quite important to communities all over the country so uh, even even today like it's difficult for for me to get involved uh, with a full-time job but uh, dad today is is out at the international sheepdog trials in Blessington and he's a a gate steward so there's a group of farmers from 
there and the local area here who are I suppose helping out with that competition and making sure it runs smoothly so there's nearly like a social aspect to it as well so today we you kind of need to see the farm as not as something that's carved out against the landscape and sort of surviving and and being productive against the odds in nature it's actually doing it with nature hand in hand with nature exactly yeah yeah and i think you you could say that on this farm and when you kind of look out we're in a quite rural hilly area um but also i'd I'd say that's also equally important for some of the large-scale commercial farms as well in some of the areas that aren't as i suppose mountainous as, as here but the things like biodiversity that i described they're still present and a priority for those farmers as well and become more and more a priority uh, particularly for likes of dairy farmers beef farmers tillage farmers just in working with the department of agriculture some of the things the department have looked at as well as like the chagas and board Bia and some of the other organizations in the industry farmers have been able to i suppose support things like biodiversity on their farms further We'll return to Owen a little later in the episode and hear about his hopes for what he and Musgrave can achieve in terms of positive impact in the future. There are many factors driving sustainability higher and higher up the agenda for companies both large and small. For Musgrave, one of those key drivers is the customer. Increasingly, shoppers and Musgrave's business customers want to know that they are making a more positive impact on the planet and they want companies like Musgrave to help them to do that. Michelle Fennell is Head of Insights and Strategy at Musgrave, and she describes how her role contributes to the sustainability strategy of the company. So, yes, I head up the Insights team and we're responsible for all of the research programmes across Musgrave. Um, And maybe what would best explain what my team and I do is we have a mission statement, which is understanding today and creating tomorrow. So understanding today is really all about us supporting the teams across Musgrave to understand what's happening with our business today, our brands, the consumer. Um, So we do a lot of research with consumers to understand what's important to them at the moment, what's going on in their lives, what are the challenges they're facing, what's on their mind. And importantly, then, how are they shopping? Where are they getting their food from? When are they eating out? And uh, we bring all of that insight back to the the different teams across Musgrave to, I guess, just help them have a really accurate pulse on the mood of the nation and what's important to consumers at any one time. One of the things that has become a huge part of most businesses or any business really is this idea of being more sustainable, of being more environmentally sustainable and, and perhaps in other ways as well. Is this something that you're seeing voiced by your customers as well? Definitely. So protecting our planet, we really see this becoming the number one issue for the next decade and beyond for consumers and also for our business customers. So we're seeing more demand from the consumer around issues like food waste, plastics, packaging, but also their understanding and their concern for some of the more sophisticated topics like biodiversity is growing. And the key thing for us that we have learned is the consumer is really looking to brands who will make it simple for them and there's no added cost for them to make the right choice because the majority really want to do the right thing for our business customers and restaurant operators hotels they're really concerned about food waste packaging is probably the number one issue for them so 
uh, we're working really hard to put solutions in place and to to make it easy for them to 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 protect the planet. So one example of how we action that is super value tidy towns, and um, I mean that competition has been sponsored by Super Value since the very early 1990s, since 1991, but just relaunched this year as part of our sustainability agenda and really making it easy for people of all generations to get involved with their local tidy towns action group, their local tidy towns committees and, you know, really recognising the impact that this work has on our local communities and our local environment. And and like you say, it's you make it easy for people because it's not easy to be sustainable, so to speak. So is that about just being as supportive as possible to make people be able to do the most they can with the with the time they have? Yes, and other really simple, tangible initiatives in store, like reducing packaging on our produce and communicating to consumers the more sustainable choices they can make at the shelf. So again, trying to take some of the thinking and the hard work out of it for shoppers. Now, during the recording of this series, I visited Musgrave's distribution centre in Kilcock, County Kildare, which is a key part of the company's vast supply chain network. It is here that a significant portion of the products that Musgrave buys in from suppliers are stored before being collected and transported to retail partners and business customers. Storing and transporting so many products involves the use of a lot of fuel and energy and as such it represents a valuable opportunity to find innovative ways of using less. During my tour of the facility, I met up with Luke Hanlon, who is Musgrave's Chief Supply Chain Officer, and he told me about some of these initiatives. So when I think of our our strategy and the pillars of our strategy, sustainability will be a core pillar. It is at the heart of what we do and how we do it. So from a supply chain perspective, I guess, you know, one of of our biggest um, opportunities is around the fuel that we use in our fleet. So we've got 500 trucks on the road every day of the year. Um, and traditionally, those vehicles would have used exclusively diesel. And this year, we have started the shift towards uh, alternative fuels and, and biofuels. And in our case, we're going with a product called hydro-treated vegetable oil, or HVO for short, which is a, a fuel derived from food waste in, in the food supply chain. And we will use a million litres of that in our fleet this year. By 2025, we'll have reached 3 million, and by 2030, uh, more than half of our fuel will be of that type. Um, For every litre we use, there is a 90% lower carbon emission outcome, which is significant. Um, So I guess from a a team's perspective and a business perspective, it's exciting that we're making that level of change on something that's so so fundamental from a sustainability point of view. And then there are other aspects to how we run our operation that... um, optimize sustainability so we are at the end of this year we'll have installed 10,000 solar panels across our locations um, and that in time will generate 20% of our electricity requirement as a network which is significant and then we we operate a process to our fleet called um, backhaul and what that means is you know if people see a super value or centre truck out in the road or a marketplace truck those vehicles are delivering to customers on the way out and then they're collecting product from our suppliers on the way back to the warehouses. Mm-hmm. And, and we know from measuring it that that, in effect, takes 15 million kilometres off of Irish roads every year by using our fleet both ways. Yeah. Um, and the final piece on sustainability, uh, and we've made a lot of progress on this in the last 12 months, is we run a cross-functional energy transformation forum. 
And that forum has focused colleagues from our branches, our stores, our supply chain, our offices, on looking at how we're actually using energy and electricity specifically across each of our locations. And I'm glad to say, because we report on it every month and we, we discuss the results every month, we are 12% lower in terms of our usage year on year, um, having taken improvements and changes and sharing best practice across the group. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's having a significant impact both in terms of carbon outcome, but also the, the cost of electricity in the business, which is a, a positive. Yeah, I'm sure. Because I, I can only imagine the energy that it takes to keep all of the produce, the fresh produce, cool in your chiller areas and stuff like that. Absolutely. And managing, managing that appropriately in terms of how the refrigeration plants are run, how doors are closed, behaviours like that and everything else has a big impact. We'll be returning to Kilcock a little later in the series to meet some of the Musgrave colleagues that work there and finding out how the whole operation works. And we'll also hear more from Luke Hanlon in that episode as well. But a little earlier, Owen Keogh talked about how sustainability has become a much higher priority for business at a boardroom level. As group CEO, it is an issue that Noel Keeley thinks a lot about. And he has some very interesting views about what it is going to take to make a real impact on an increasingly urgent situation. A huge part of sustainability is about making sure that we leave an environment within which the next generation can actually survive and and thrive. Most of us live our lives uh, wanting to make the world a better place, particularly for our children, and to leave them in a better position perhaps than than we found ourselves. And it's ironic that, you know, we tend to focus when we think about those things on material things and and wealth and, and, and leaving them economically better than perhaps we might have been. But we're going to potentially deny them the one thing that they need to enjoy that, and that is an environment within which to live. Um, and if we get to a point where the planet is unable to sustain life, all the money in the world isn't going to change that. So the knowledge of that and the responsibility that you as a, as a large business and a large employer have um, to try and do whatever you can about that, what does that translate into in terms of some of the steps, some of the practical everyday things that Musgrave as a group might might do? Well, we ourselves are investing in sustainability and we have been now for a number of years. So a good example of that is a sustainability fund that we developed for our independent retailers, which so far we've invested a total of 30, 33 million uh, euros, 25 million into supporting retailers to put in uh, more carbon friendly infrastructure into their stores, such as better refrigeration, solar panels, LED lighting and so on. Um, and now another eight million that we've invested in the deposit return scheme, which is to come into force next February and supporting retailers to buy the necessary equipment to be able to comply with that. We've also committed and we're almost there to having all of our own brand packaging, either reusable, recyclable uh, or compostable by 2025. Uh, and we're on target to do that. And we've also recently made a commitment that we're going to be uh, get to a net zero carbon footprint by 2040. But the reality of it is that when we look at our carbon footprint as a business, 97% of our emissions are what they call scope three. In other words, we're not in control of them. They're the emissions that are made throughout the supply chain. Uh, And even if Musgrave became 
the most sustainable business in the world in terms of you know everything that we do on our own we're not going to be able to solve this problem so from my perspective there's a an obligation there's a duty on the industry uh, and on government to do what we need to do to solve this problem um, because we're going to have to move together we're going to have to accept that the status quo isn't acceptable that not meeting emission reduction targets is accept is acceptable and that we're going to have to do more than we're currently doing and that will mean working together and it will probably have a commercial impact throughout the supply chain both in terms of manufacturers retailers government for example in terms of their collection of duty but that's what we're going to have to do if we want to have a sustainable world um, there's no point in having a lot of money uh, when it we get to a point where we can't live here anymore yeah and I suppose there is there is an onus on all of us as consumers as well to play a role in this. And sometimes that might be paying the extra few cent for a, an Irish cucumber versus a Spanish one or one for something from Kenya or whatever. So is that something that we all need to be aware of? And it, I guess it's also a del- delicate balancing act because not everyone can afford to spend a whole lot more. So it, it brings in that whole idea of, of food origin. Like, there's two things in there for me that you've just said. One is, you know, individuals sometimes say, well, you know, what difference can I make? You know, you know, there's, they're building fossil fuel uh, power stations in China every day. You know, what's the point of me, you know, making the right decision to buy, uh, you know, a, a more sustainable product over another product? The reality of it is the only way we will solve this problem is collectively. This is a behavioral problem. It's, it's about how we live. Um, and therefore... There's nobody else who's going to come and solve it. We have to solve it as a society. Um, and I think the other thing is that I think it was the Dalai Lama that famously said, if you think you're too small to make a difference, then you've never spent a night in a hotel room with a mosquito, you know. Um, th- there is an opportunity to for all of us to make a difference. Um, and when I think about Ireland as a country, we punch way above our weight. Uh, when it comes to influence. So, uh, you know, the plastic bag levy, for example, which was something that was, you know, very innovative and clever at the time and has been adopted by many countries. The smoking ban in the workplace, which has been adopted globally, and we were the first ones to do that. So we shouldn't underestimate our ability to do things and our influence. Um, The second thing then is about making the right choice. And and I completely agree. I mean, you can't eat principles. You know, we've we've got to, and I think this is where the industry has to step up as well. Yes, you know, I say to those people who can afford to pay more, you know, you should pay more because you're doing the right thing. But I also say to the industry, if we really want to be able to shift people's behaviour, then we've got to level the playing field between the cost of making the right choice and making the wrong choice. Um, It shouldn't come at a premium. And as an industry, therefore, we have to find a way uh, that making the right choice is also good value for money. Uh, and that will behoove all of us right through the supply chain to be able to deliver that. Yeah, and that can, that does, as you mentioned, brings in government as well in terms of how they work with farmers or how they incentivize certain types of food to be grown versus others, etc. Exactly, and government have a very significant role to play here. And, and you know, there is a, there's a balancing act that, that we now have to achieve, in my view, over the next, you know, 10, 20 to 30 years, uh, because we need to transition away from the economy as we know it today, which is largely built on fossil fuels, uh, to a better economy that's more balanced and that will achieve the targets that we need to achieve in order to sustain our, our environment. Um, that 
can't happen overnight because obviously there's the economic reality of, of how not just the Irish economy works, but how the global economy works. But we're not doing it fast enough and, and we're not doing it at a pace that's necessary. So what that means is that we're going to have to come together and accept and that we have to make that transition and plan a path that is both commercially viable uh, in terms of economies that have to go through this journey, uh, but it, that is also going to achieve the environmental targets that we need to achieve. I love what I do. I think the way my career has worked out, I think I've one of the best jobs I could have had imagined when I was starting out or, or leaving university. So I, I love what I do. There's a lot of challenges in it. And I think sometimes when you're constantly looking at reports on climate change and some of the projections, it can be a little, a little depressing. But I think uh, there is always room for optimism. And I think we will, over the next 10, 15, 20 years, make a lot of progress. The progress we've made over the last 12 years on things like um, solar energy, wind energy, um, roll out electric vehicles if those things hadn't have happened we'd be on a lot worse trajectory so i think that for me provides some optimism that we're heading in the right direction to tackle the challenge that we face as opposed to it all being a negative scenario because there probably is a much worse negative scenario that we could be in it takes money it takes resources to really make an impact on a on a large scale so do you feel in a powerful position in your current role within musgrave to actually affect some change I think so, yeah. Um, the topic as a whole has been maybe elevated to a new level within the organisation, particularly at, at the board level, and an understanding that, yes, it's about maybe future compliance to EU legislation, but it's also in trying to connect the consumer into what we're doing as well. So I think with the backing of some of the leadership team, which is there, yeah, I'd say definitely there's room for positive impact. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growing Good Business. If you're enjoying the series so far, please press the follow button on whatever platform you're listening to the show. And I hope that you can come back and join us for the next episode.